BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The offseason for the Phoenix Suns continues, and now they are a captainless ship. The rudder's intact. The, the, the ship itself looks firm. It's firm, Matthew. I'm going with firm. <laughs> I don't know how to describe the ship that we're on. The Sun's friendship. What kind of ship is it? Huh? It's a friendship. <clears throat> it's a but friendship. It yeah. But it but it doesn't have a coach. You know, we are without Monty Williams, which we talked about in the last couple pods. And you know, now it's time to start moving forward. And we will talk a little bit. I, I, I do have some bullet points that I want to talk on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast about Monty. And then we're going to start exploring what else is out there. It's time to kind of wrap up the Monty era. Appreciate it for what it was and, and carry on, my wayward son. Yeah, I mean, we lost a lot of friends this year, Suns fans. We had uh, Cameron Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. Now Monty Williams is gone, but Jay Crowder. It's not, Jay Crowder, he was a friend at one time, but now it's not about that. It's about, you know, winning, making Booker and Kevin Durant happy. And it's tough to move on, but this is the business, and the business is making Booker happy. So, Let's see if they can do that with limited options. I feel like. Well, I feel like there's plenty of options, and as we're going to we discuss like, though, on this, like one, yes, one guy that's correct. That everyone likes everyone else is like they won championships, but no one wants them. That's correct. There's it's limited options relative to people we like, but there's a lot of candidates who have been discussed, and I think that's a smart move for the Suns. They're doing their due diligence. I feel like in the past it was kind of like the Suns were locked into one guy. And they also, they join the party late. They're the person who shows up at the party at like 2 a.m. And they got a six pack of beer and everyone's always, there's two people already passed out on the couch and you're with dicks drawn on their faces and somebody's banging yeah. in your sister's room and you show in, you show up, you're like, all right, party's here. And the sons were always, they were that guy. They were just showing up way too late. Yeah, trying to my sister like always. Yeah, it happens. It just happens. Especially, you know, if Gavin's around, he's going to start flirting with them and, <laughs> Because of that, the Suns didn't necessarily have a lot of options when it came to their head coaching search. So they jumped on top of that this offseason. They fired Monty Williams 48 hours after the season ended, less than 48 hours. And because of that, they put themselves in a position to, to go around and peddle the one of the uh, most appealing jobs in the NBA relative to a head coach. And that's going to give them all these options. And there's a ton of options that we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about who they are and why they are and where they are. And do they show up late at a party with a six pack trying to bang your sister? Most of them do. I mean, I don't think they even need a six pack. They just walk in. They can bang whoever they want. They're coaches <laughs> in the NBA. Right? Fair. Fair. <laughs> I think they I get guess. away with a lot. They can. And they will. 
So that's what we're going to discuss on this edition of the Sun's right, Jam Session right. Podcast. So we welcome everybody who's joining us, whether you're watching along live or you're listening at a later time. Again, as per usual, we truly appreciate you doing so. If you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, which statistically speaking, 56% of all of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts, and 89% of them are on the mobile version, take some time. Pop over, mm-hmm. give us a five-star review, write something in there, say hi, talk about how many hi. beers it would take to bang one of Lissy sisters, um, <laughs> just one, just one. <laughs> you know, and again, give us one of those five star reviews. We truly appreciate that. If you're watching long live or at another time, please subscribe, rate, and review here on YouTube. We are so close to three thousand subscribers on YouTube. We're so close. So again, hit yep. that subscribe button, hit that notification bell as well, because that's going to let you know when we go live. And as the off season progresses. We're going to be going live at different times. You're used to watching us after every Phoenix Suns game. Well, no more Suns games. So you got to turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. This is also a reminder that it's time to take advantage of an amazing opportunity from DraftKings. If you're a new user, you can receive an incredible offer. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport. You instantly get a buck 50 added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose, you'll still receive that bonus. And all you have to do is use the code SUNSJAM at sign up. Remember, this offer is only available for new customers who are over 21 years old and physically present in the great state of Arizona. Please, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. So what are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings.com and take advantage of this incredible opportunity today. Did I nail that? Did I nail that read, that, that read right? Am I getting that down, Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Did you do it blindfolded? No, I'm eyes were open the whole time, mm. entire time. I felt I like I was blind. So. <laughs> you sounded good, man. <laughs> well, maybe you'll pay attention to what I'm drinking tonight. I'm, what is it? I've decided that this summer will be the summer of the mule. Hmm. Moscow mules on light, refreshing drink. I figure, you know what? If I'm going to drink, I'm not going to be popping beers. I bought one of those like huge Costco bottles of vodka. Right, which is like everyone's like, that's Grey Goose vodka, just says Kirkland signature, whatever. I got a bunch of the fever tree ginger beer and I bought some fresh limes. It's all it takes to make a Moscow mule. So I'm gonna be pounding mules this uh off season, which doesn't really sound appropriate. I do miss but- that. I do miss that from you. Those mules when we used to live together back yes. in the day. I used to make meals all the time, man. Mm-hmm. They're it's a good refreshing drink. So okay. I'd say pop them if you got them, but I've already popped open this mule and I'll start drinking that. So uh cheers, Suns fans, and let's talk about all these coaching candidates that the Suns have available to them. Suns are looking for a new head coach, and plenty of names have been linked to the team thus far. We've talked about it in previous podcasts, you know, how we feel with Monty Williams leaving. And I, you know, I will say this to wrap a bow, if you will, on Monty. I don't, I'm surprised at all the Monty hate, Matthew. I'm surprised at all the people who are just completely uh negating everything that he's done and everything he meant to this organization. And and I understand and I agree with that. The time is probably right and makes sense to move on from Monty Williams. He's a guy who is 0-5 in his career in elimination games. He's 0-3 as a member of the Phoenix Suns in elimination games and very, very poor 
poor showings. I understand that he had an ability to not make adjustments. As we watch the Lakers and the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, we see how the Lakers make in-game adjustments and keep themselves in games and make those defensive adjustments that allow them to be successful by doing simple things like trying to go at Nikola Jokic on defense. Monty Williams never really did that, so, so I understand that. But people are acting like he was Earl Watson or Igor Kokoshkov. Yeah, and I think it has to do with before before Suns, before his coaching job with the Suns, because before, I mean, he even joined the Suns, he wasn't that good of a coach, right? He was just well under the radar. And I think it was when we did get him, I know that I know the players love him. I know that Chris Paul went to the bubble and they're like, oh, I got to hang out with Monty and uh, you know, Devin Booker, but you just it wasn't it wasn't a coach that was really sexy when it comes to X's and O's, a guy that can win the big game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Even ben, Bill Simmons talked about it. Like, that's a guy that's like, is that a good hiring? But when he joined us, it was like it became more of a friend, like a really good relationship that we had with this guy, a mentor to like even all of us as jamsters, right? Someone that we love to watch the, the locker room speeches and all that. But when it came down to X's and O's, it was tough. The adjustments you saw tonight from the game, if you guys had watched the Nuggets and the Lakers, it was a, it was a game. Usually games like that, it's a blowout for the Suns. And then you're like, well, did he have enough time? I know Richard Jefferson talked about maybe give him 40 games next season and see if he can work things out with the team he has now. Actually have, I don't know, uh, you know, a training camp, 40 games in the mm-hmm. season to see if he can get Kevin Durant, Devin Booker working together with another kind of core to really to complement them. But it was just something that he just didn't have time to deal with. And maybe he was on the wrong side of luck a lot of the times too with the injuries. Of course, Chris Paul can never count on him in the playoffs. Booker not showing up in big games. So was it all Monty? I don't know. I don't know, but we will find out. I think there is a guy out there that we want in Ty Lue we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's like, if you're looking at Monty as a coach, I think he did a really good job, awesome job here in the Valley. But you just know you need something else. You need something more. And it just had to happen, right? I just I don't mm-hmm. want to go through a whole season with this, and then if you're gonna trade coaches again at the the trade deadline, or just you know dump them and get someone else, maybe make our assistant like the head coach, then you have to worry about that like midseason. That's another problem. So it just you had to cut ties. You had to cut ties right now. It's interesting because you're right. You look at Monty Williams before he came to the Phoenix Suns, and he had a record of 173 and 221 while coaching in five seasons with the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans. That's a 439 winning percentage in five seasons. He made one appearance in the postseason, uh, two, I'm sorry, two appearances. In one of them, they got swept completely. In the other one, they lost in the first round, two and four. And he went two and eight total in the postseason prior to becoming a member of the Phoenix Suns. And granted, given the the what he was provided with with the Phoenix Suns, how he turned this organization around, uh, going 194 and 115 for a 628 winning percentage and going 27 and 19 for a 58.7 winning percentage in the postseason for with the Suns. Again, he is considered uh, as mega giants. 89 in the chat says Monty Williams is one of the greatest head coaches in Phoenix Suns history. And I, I tweeted out something this morning about how I, I, you, you don't get rid of a top five guy in the league to get an assistant coach because Adrian Wojnarowski talked about some of the assistant coaches that the Suns are exploring. And I got a lot of pushback because people are like, he's not top five. And I'm like, okay, maybe top, you know, but again, like he's, he's top three in wins in the last three seasons in the regular season. He has two coaches of the year and an NBA finals appearance. 
if we go in the top three years, or I'm sorry, the last three years, who's a better coach than him? And, and of course, you can give me Steve Kerr. Of course, you can give me Greg Popovich, even though Greg Popovich had teams that didn't perform as well. But by the numbers, by the metrics, he is a top five coach. And if you don't want to give me that, he's definitely a top 10 coach in the NBA. So as you go to replace him, and we're talking about these assistant coaches, and we're talking about Kevin Young, who's a current assistant with the Phoenix Suns, and we're talking about other names that we'll talk, we'll bring up and, and explore here momentarily. Are you okay if the Suns go the direction of a rookie head coach with this team, or do you want somebody more established? Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about like Kevin Young, I mean, that's a name that's thrown out there. I know Devin Booker, there's a lot of respect for the guy. I mean, even Dwayne Rakin did say, you know, he when he interviewed Booker about him, just saying that Booker did say he's a guy that's a mastermind of the X's and O's mm-hmm. a guy that's a, that knows the, that knows the game. Like he's just an actual guy you want in crunch time to call up a play. I know Monty's been there, done that, but just like lo- watching tonight's game, you're like, there's more to it to keep these games close. We you need X's felt, and O's, right? Yeah. We always just felt so down. If we had, remember like just being down by nine points at halftime, like there's no way we're going to come back. Mm-hmm. And then surprisingly one game we did, that's how bad it got. If you if you have a guy like Kevin Young, it can be like uh, the whole thing with Nick Nurse, where Nick Nurse was a system for five years, comes in, wins a championship his first year with the with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. So that'd be awesome, right? I mean, Kevin Young, he's just well respected, man. It's his name out there. That's it's like it's sexy. You want guys in here, just like we got Kevin Durant that have the experience, that have won, that know how to win. Of course, you want that Ty Lue, but why not just try someone young? Why not just try someone new? it might be the right guy. It might be a chance willing to take. Do you feel Monty Williams was an an X and O's guy or a feeling guy? Like, I feel like he was more of a trust his gut thing. And our observations were, you need a little bit more X's and O and don't trust that gut because it seems to be upset (laughs) because you're making a lot of the wrong decisions, right? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of it was like, someone even said in the chat, you know, Nader. Abdel Nader, a guy that he trusted. He trusted himself with that guy. He trusted Shaman a lot. Mm-hmm. Does he listen to the assistants? Is Was that always a thing, you think? Like, was it just like the assistants just didn't get along with him? Like, they couldn't figure things out? I know that the owner, Matt Ishpia, I heard, doesn't like Monty. Aiden had troubles with Monty. So maybe there's a lot of issues we just don't know yet until he is gone. Well, he's gone now, but till next year. Maybe we can hear some things about Monty just not being the guy for certain reasons. And that might be just a guy that can adjust, that just holds mm-hmm. his own, that trusts his own gut, but won't trust anybody else. Maybe that's what happened here this last season. I feel like that's kind of been Monty's MO his entire career with the Suns. Now, granted, the Valley Oop was one of the most amazing plays in Phoenix Suns history. But outside of that, I don't feel like the X's and O's were something that hit was his strong point. And as you mentioned, Kevin Young, and as we go through some of these guys who we're going to talk about, that's one thing you have to ask yourself as a Suns fan. How do you want this team to be coached? What are your expectations outside of the the big picture stuff? Winning a championship, yada, yada. How, How do you want this team to look? How do you want them to execute? Now, granted, there's a lot of things relative to the roster that we have to Uh, assume and discuss, but it all starts with having that head coach. That's step one this off season. We'll have plenty more podcasts talking about uh, the NBA draft and the 52nd pick who the sun's going to take. Ooh, I can't wait for that podcast. That's going to be fun. (laughs) That's going to be a good (laughs) one. Just really quick. Women Yama, the most boring. Oh, of course the Spurs. I mean, great, great player, but the Spurs won the the lottery. And it's just, of course they did. Yeah. I think, 
I I knew it would be the Spurs. The Spurs needed that. I did guy, too. Right? I was looking that, that day on DraftKings to see if you could bet on who was going to get the first overall pick because I was going to put all my money on the Spurs. Yeah, I was going to be like, dude, it's going to be the Spurs. Could you not? You can't. There's do that. A, no. They didn't let you do it. It's the same thing with the oh. NFL draft. They didn't let you choose or bet on. Uh, the NFL fixed, draft. Right? Yeah, it's got to be. That's how. That's what I be. thought. I'm like, it's got to be fixed because I can't put. Come back. Well, and it's like every at time there's a generational big man. It's like David Robinson, Dun- uh, Tim Duncan falls in their lap. Victor Wembanyama. Like, we yeah, got DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, we got. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, it, I uh, I'm working with the resource manager who's assisting at one of our communities right now. And he's from San Antonio and he loves basketball. I'm like, thank God, finally somebody at work I can talk basketball with. And of course, he's a Spurs fan, so we have some good ribbing back and forth. And he's like, he's like, you got a number one pick. I'm like, yeah, it was DeAndre fucking Ayton. I know Victor exactly. Wembanyama, you know. So you got, I know. And of course, like the the time the Spurs sucked. Like the Suns couldn't win one, and now the Spurs are going to be back in action. I know, and it's here just, we go. But I mean, we do got Kevin Durant, and Booker. So, well, yeah, so we'll before we get into some of these candidates, I got a question for you. You know what time it is? Trivia time. I feel like the last major head coach for the Phoenix Suns prior to Monty Williams was Mike D'Antoni, and Mike D'Antoni who won the 2005 NBA Coach of the Year, left Phoenix in 2008. Can you name every head coach since Mike D'Antoni? Was it um, Alvin Gentry? There was somebody in between D'Antoni and Gentry for the oh, 51 it was, games. Uh, the tall, bald, white guy. Nope. Oh. He used to play for the um, Portland Trailblazers. Oh, uh, Terry Porter? Terry Porter was after Terry Game Porter. 20. That's correct. From 2008 um, to 2009. Okay. And then All we right. had... Um, then after him Gentry. was Gentry. Gentry. That's correct. Until 2013. And then for half of 2013, we had... The dude from Toronto. The Canadian guy. What's his name? The Canadian guy. Steve Porter, Nash. Gentry, Hunter, Hornacek. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. <laughs> Okay. Hunter. Someone actually have it right. Yeah, Fabio Nazanski. Oh, Fab, Fab, Fabio got it right in the chat. Yeah. Porter, Gentry, Hunter, Hornacek, Earl Watson, Jay Triano, Igor Grover, Kokoshkov, and Monty Williams. Those are who the Suns have had since uh, Mike D'Antoni departed. And now, once again, the Suns are, as I mentioned before, in the market for a coaching candidate. So let's, let, let's go through some of them, and, and I'm going to kind of – you know, zip through these, talk about the, you know, who they are, what their history is, and then we can kind of have conversations about them and yeah. and determine whether or not that these are guys who we think, hey, hey, you know, the, the, the sun should take a shot at these guys or we should carry on my wayward son. So I'll start with the assistants that are uh, available. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tweeted out this morning and, and was talking about how the Suns are now engaged in talks with uh, first up Jordy Fernandez. Jordy Fernandez is currently the associate head coach with the Sacramento Kings. He was initially hired by the Cavaliers as a player development coach back in 2009. Uh, he was somebody who is ha- really has the ability to relate to players and has the distinction of developing players like Kyrie Irving, like LeBron James, uh, Tristan Thompson, Dion Waiters, to name a few. He joined uh, the developmental league before it was the G League in 2013, was the head coach of the Cleveland Charge, or the Canton Charge, I'm sorry. 
Then he went to Denver as an assistant, spent six years until last year. Then last season he went to Sacramento and was the the coach of the Kings summer league team and then was an assistant to Mike Brown. And he's actually the first Spaniard to ever coach a regular season game after Mike Brown was uh, tossed out of a game in May of last year, this year. And uh, he has some Olympic experience, both him and Mike Brown were coaches on the Nigerian men's basketball team in the Tokyo Olympics. So, Jordy Fernandez, question number one, Matthew. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. And I knew okay. when we did this pod, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my research. And then here you go. The first guy we talk about, I have no idea, but you said development, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's good, right? Well, he's kind, of a hot, he's kind of a hot candidate out there out of the assistant pool. The reason I, I have research notes on these guys is because I wrote the articles for Bright Side of the Sun on these guys. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do that because okay. I know I'm going to have to talk about it tonight <laughs> with Matthew. So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that happens. But he's somebody who, you know, again, you said it, developmental kind of guy. Uh, Mike Brown said, of, or I'm sorry, uh, DeMontis Sabonis said, in defense, he's always telling us where to be and helps us a lot. He's the first coach on defense, and that's how we're going to win games. So he's more of a defensive-minded coach. Again, I'm not somebody who's of the philosophy that I think that we should go with a new coach with this team. I just really don't. I know that you were talking about it at the front end of this pod that potentially that could be a route like a Nick Nurse who was an assistant for five years, took over a team, won a championship. It might be a way that they want to navigate. As I talk through these assistants, I'm not high on any of them. Uh, Jordy Fernandez sounds like a really good guy, but I just, I don't know. Just don't yeah, think and so. like. If Harden, like, let's just say, let's just say Kyrie if or Harden, Harden comes, comes to the game, comes to the team, comes to the game. Oh, they're hanging out. If he the... comes to the, yeah, if he comes to play for the Suns and actually comes to the game and dresses up, that'd be nice. Mm. Um, but if we get these guys, how much is it going to be like the Brooklyn thing where they're the coaches, the players are the coaches? Is that going to be a thing again to where you just have these new guys come in? Like everyone was talking about JJ Redick, like these other guys that haven't coached yet, do they come in and just deal with the players kind of taking over? If Chris Paul does stay. Are those the actual coaches now? Is Chris Paul going to be the player coach? If that's a thing, then that like the Kevin Young or the guy you're just talking about earlier might be more attractive because you just have the guy sitting there clapping his hands. Maybe get Jason Garrett here to stand there and clap his hands. Because that might be all you need with those guys. But then also down that road, not a very good ending, I don't feel like. I think that there's plenty of head coaching opportunities in this league right now. There's the Pistons. There's the Raptors. I feel like there's one other team. Oh, the 76ers, they just let Doc Rivers go. And obviously there's the Suns. I think that when you look at the Pistons and you look at the Raptors, those are teams that are young in which they can take an assistant coach like Monty Williams. When Monty Williams joined this team, he had prior head coaching experience, but he was an assistant coming from Philly. And the team hadn't made the playoffs in a decade. So it's like you bring him in here, you try to give him an opportunity to instill a system and implement a culture and see if it's productive. And Monty Williams, you know, to his credit, did that. And I think that now the state of this franchise with the expectations of this franchise and the roster going into next season, knowing that the only two guys who are safe are going to be Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you're going to need somebody who has the ability to manage those kind of personalities. Good, bad, or indifferent. When we talk about Jordy Fernandez, when we talk about Charles Lee, uh, who is a basketball journeyman who played professionally professionally in Israel, Belgium, and, and Germany, and is somebody who coached at his alma mater, alma mater, which is Bucknell University, and has been a Coach Bud disciple, right? He's literally followed Coach Bud from Atlanta to Milwaukee, and he's another guy. He's like the Kevin Young version of from the Bucks side of things. I don't know 
if those guys are going to get an opportunity at a gig like this, right? And if that's the case, if it's Jordy Fernandez, if it's Charles Lee, if it's Darko uh, Rajavkovic, Rajavkovic, somebody who's been a member of the Phoenix Suns organization, he coached under Monty in, in 2019-20, he's got a ton of uh, summer league experience with the Spurs, he's, he's currently with the Grizzlies. Are any one of these guys, do you think, going to get an opportunity at this job? Kevin Young included. Is this going to be a, hey, come show us what you got? Or is this going to be like, we need a Nick Nurse. We need a Mike Budenholzer. We need a Doc Rivers. We need one of these big, big names to manage this organization, given the star power that's on it, coupled with the expectations behind it. Well, if you have those younger guys coming in and they're actually good at development, like you say, like AJW says, Aiden needs some development. That's maybe a thing of the past now. I think once you just trade Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson and throw them out the window, you get KD in here, you're just buying guys now. We talked about that too, where Phoenix is a destination. You're just mm-hmm. going to get whoever you want. The whole Ty Lue thing is going to be really sticky if they go that way. But right now, it's like, I don't think you have time to develop anybody. I think the way no, the Suns are going don't. now... No, no, you don't. It's I think win right now, now it's win now. It's win every game. It's win uh, 82 games out of 82 games. If you're not, you're out of here. Get um, gone. You're, you're, you're gone. All right. And then you got to win 16 in a row in the playoffs. But that's just the way it is right now in Phoenix. And it sucks because, um, no, it doesn't suck. I'm sorry. My bad. It's it's pretty fucking awesome the way yeah, <laughs> we're going to get all these stars to come here because it is going to be a thing. Anytime a guy like Harden or anybody, even when you throw like a Giannis out there, all of a sudden it's like, oh, is he going to Phoenix? Phoenix will always be like the number one destination now where guys will want to go to play. That's great because that's what we kind of wanted here in Phoenix and we got it now. So to have a coach first year, if it was more like two years ago, you know, where we have these young guys developing them, mm-hmm. then yeah, I would be for it. But right now it's just, it's something that's just not going to work here in Phoenix. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for all the reasons that we've stated and AJW again in the chat. Thanks for joining us as new CBA makes it hard to buy more pieces. And that's a hundred percent true. And I think that might be one of our next upcoming episodes is literally talking about the new CBA rule and how it's going to affect how the Suns can navigate this offseason. I think that that's an, a podcast unto itself. Like if the if the Golden State Warriors were to run it back right now, what would be like a $400 million payroll? Because there's like $240 million now in secondary tax. So we'll talk about that on an upcoming podcast. But come bringing it back in, let's talk about some of the big names. Which big name should we go with first, Matthew? Should we start with Ty Lue? Let's go with Ty Lue. The okay, favorite? so... So Ty Lue, a career 584 winning percentage. He's 261 and 186. In the playoffs, he's 52 and 33, 61%. So uh, lower career winning percentage than Monty Williams, higher in the playoffs. He's a 2016 NBA champion as he brought the Cleveland Cavaliers, their one and only championship. Cleveland, <laughs> this is for you. Stupid. I. It's one of the sound bites I hate the most is when LeBron won that. I'm like, I get the passion, but man, yeah. it, just, it sounded so scripted. And, you know, the interesting That's thing about Ty Lu is the Clippers would want compensation from any team to hire Ty Lu. That's the thing. Like when we talk about Nick Nurse and the other guys we're going to talk about, like they're available and the Suns can go and interview them and bring them in. And, and, and I will back up a little bit. When we talk about those assistants, I really like that. Again, the Phoenix Suns are doing their due. Look at Matthew putting on his glasses because he's got to read stuff. That was a yeah. that was like a grandfather movie. Like, Let me read his. <laughs> I got to read his I don't record. Know what grandfather sounds like that, but yeah, gotta put him on. Dude. They don't have teeth. Too much light. Too much lights. 
Oh, just go into dark mode, bro. Do you use dark mode on stuff? I do always, but I want to see your face. I don't want to see the insides of you. You go to dark mode. It's like you're just the inside, your body heat and stuff. I don't want to see that. I want to see gotcha. what you look like in real life. Well, I appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get enough of me in real life. Plus, I like so to be librarian sometimes. Yeah. You look very astute, Matthew, I will say. <laughs> you're a very astute, young, strapping young lad. You're not a grandfather at all. But going back, I hope, pretty close. Go, go, going back, I like that they they are interviewing the assistants. I think it's the right move. I like the fact that the sons are doing their due diligence because maybe there is one of those assistants that is the next Monty Williams, is the next great coach in this league. And I like that they're at least exploring that. They're not pigeonholing themselves because when they pigeonhole themselves, they put themselves in a situation where they could ultimately just exactly. be disappointed and then have to make a panic move. That's the wrong move. But again, going back to, to Ty Lu, there's going to be compensation uh, because he's currently under contract with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Suns don't have a first round pick to mm-hmm. offer thanks to the Durant trade. So the Clippers don't have to let Lou go. Uh, but the more his name comes up in these conversations, the less committed he appears to be to the Clippers, which is interesting. So eventually he's either going to publicly squash the rumors or he's going to have to land one of these jobs. Until then, he's a leading candidate for the Phoenix Suns. I think as we go through all these candidates, Ty Lue is kind of the Cadillac version, right? Like that's the one you want. He's the Escalade of the head coaches that are out there, in my opinion. Is that uh, your opinion? Yeah, I mean, he's like Eric Spolstra out there. He's exactly the same kind of guy. He's the guy that can get you through playoff series with whoever you have out there on the floor. Um, obviously, he had he's had like the worst luck there in L.A. He really has, but yeah, I think man. he wants to be in L.A. His situation's nice. I mean, what what's better than being a good head coach and then your star players are out? It's like, well, sorry, we lost. We tried our best, but there's no expectations when those guys are out. When you win a championship with LeBron, that's probably the hardest thing to do as a coach, to overcome a guy like that in the locker room, to be actually the alpha, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, when Ty Lue was there, everyone was like, oh, this guy's just being stepped on. It's LeBron's team. But Ty Lue actually was a good head coach. And just really quick, the Suns, do they have next year's first-round pick? Because I looked it up. It said 2024 first-round pick they own. So I'm like, I is believe- he worth a first-round pick? Is he worth a pick to get that's Ty Lue and a lot of money? Because that's what they're going to have to do, right? Yeah, I mean, I would do what it. It, that, that's what it would take. That's what it would take. And if I go on the basketball reference and I look up all their upcoming picks, uh, I'm not seeing it. They have a, a, dra- uh, a pick swap, but I don't remember. So fanspo.com, that's a good place to go. And yeah, it does say that right they, now, yeah. Yes, it does say that they, they own their 2024 first and second round. And then it gets yeah. all, all crazy. like, And the only one that they... The pick swap would happen in 2026, it looks like. So, yeah, it looks like because they, they're giving up a 2023 first rounder, a 2025 first rounder, a 2027 first rounder. The pick swaps in 2028 to Brooklyn and then 2029 first rounder to the to the Brooklyn Nets. That's what's included. So they do have the first round pick next season. The question is. Do the Spurs even value that considering who Phoenix is, considering what they could be with Ty Lue? Is that first round draft pick at the 20, the 30th overall pick, the 28th, the 22nd? Uh, that's something that you have to you you, yeah. you have to consider. Well, uh, the, the Clippers, if they start to if they decide to blow it up with Kawhi and you know what I mean? I don't know who who are they gonna who are they gonna get back in a trade? Who's gonna want those guys with the injuries and um, how much money they're worth? They're being paid right now. I think it's up to that. I think if the Clippers decide to blow it up, then they'll give up Ty Lue. 
But I think that's a guy you just want to hold on to, especially LA. Bomber doesn't want to give that guy up. I've, it's going to be really difficult, man. Yeah. Might have to, there might be some murders involved, some sacrifices. We're going to have to do some some back, uh, so, some Mad Men kind of stuff. Or I'm sorry, or Breaking <laughs> yes. Bad kind of stuff. Breaking Bad like, stuff. More like, we're, yeah. we're taking about Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters in the chat. Again, thank you for joining us, everyone who's watching live and or later. And if you're an elite jamster, we truly appreciate that. Blaze, always a pleasure having you hanging out in the chat. He asks, is Ty Lu overrated though? He's lauded as a great adjustments guy, but he's always had a very deep bench to work with. He would have been able to do much better uh, with what we had this season, question mark, would he have had been able to do much mm-hmm. more? I, th- I say yes. Yeah. Maybe. I think game to game, my observations and the advantage of watching Ty Lue from afar is in the past three postseasons, twice we've played the Clippers. And you're correct. He, ha- he has had deep wing-based benches. The way that they've built that team has allowed them that flexibility. But I think that in game, you could see the adjustments. The first half to the second half, that's what I always noticed when we would watch them, is how the second half would be different from the first, how things that were going right in the first half, he would take away from us. And the reason we beat them this year is because of injury. There's no Paul George. There's no Kawhi Leonard. You go back two years ago in the Western Conference Finals, we beat them in six games. They had no Kawhi Leonard. I feel like if they had had those stars, that consistency, because bench guys, deep as they may be, are inconsistent. Unless they are at home, they're typically inconsistent. And I think that his ability to maximize what he had with those players and put them in a position to potentially win is something that's that should be applauded. Yeah, and the whole overrated thing, this it's tough. With coaches, I feel like even the guys we're going to talk about next, like they all want championships, but then no one wants them as coaches, right? They kind of have a leeway in a way where you know you get away with a few more seasons with the team because you won a championship. Mm-hmm. But it's just like all of a sudden, like everyone's kind of overrated as a coach and like no one's actually worth the extra money. No one's actually worth the look. I think Ty Lu, the reason that team is was favorites to win, not just because of Paul George and uh, Kawhi, it's because you had Ty Lu as a coach. And you look at this season, this postseason, it took Monty for all the Suns fans to control that team and put guys in. Like they, the Suns fans at the arena were the ones that decided who goes in, who goes out. Shamit, God bless him, like was always there for some reason still, and he had some good games. But it was always up to the fans, really, like who we wanted to play. And then Monty's like, "All right, I'll give these guys a shot after losing two games." You know what I mean? So, yeah, Kylo would know ahead of time. I feel like he's a quick adjustment guy. He wouldn't need more than a couple games in the playoffs, really, just to figure things out. It would just be one game, make the adjustments, come back out strong, and take game two instead of losing, go down. Yeah, I, I feel he has he has had a better read on how to maximize his adjustments For than sure. Monty. Monty just waits too long. He's the guy who, when you're playing poker, is just throwing every hand in. He never take took a risk. He never plays to the flop or, or wants to see a river card he'll sit there and when the the big blinds on him that's when he'll play a hand and that's how Monty, i feel kind of played bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in maryland turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code old line 150 then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. AJW in the chat says, no way in hell I'd trade a first-round pick for a coach. I would. That's going to happen. If you want Ty Lue, it's going to happen. And I think that's the only that's the only guys. That's going to make Suns fans happy is Ty Lue. And I, th- yeah, that's, that's even though I want to mind some other Nick guys, Nurse but... will make some them happy. I don't, I think yeah. Coach Bud is the one who they won't. I, I would absolutely trade a first round pick. The Suns are going to be they, now granted. If it was a lottery pick, I would not because lottery picks generally, you're going to get better talent and they exactly. hold more weight, yep. but the Suns aren't going to have any lottery picks. Not next year. That's just the way it is. So if you're trading the 22nd overall pick, you go back to trading what the 28th, 20 uh, for with Javon Carter for Landry Shamit. I mean, who ended up being the 28th pick? I think it ended up being uh, Cam Thomas. It's actually a decent player, but you look at this team, you look at how they're structured. They're not in developmental mode. The picks aren't something that we're going to start bitching about as Suns fans until 2027 when Kevin Durant's retired and we don't have any ability to reload like we had to do this past decade with DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, the guys who turned into picks who you could trade for a Kevin Durant to get that talent. But next year's pick, I would absolutely trade it because it ultimately is nothing and it's not going to be anyone you can bring into this organization and develop the way that you want and allow them to be a, a productive member of the roster moving forward. Yeah, I mean, AJW does say that we're going to have no picks for years then. I mean, yeah. that's the way it is here in Phoenix now. I mean, if that's going either you that's keep developing, you, keep, you trust the process, either you keep doing that, what we were doing, or else you go after the big stars and you just you take chances. And now mm-hmm. that we're taking chances, we don't have any picks, and I can care less. I think unless there's another Desmond Bain out there, it's going to be difficult to get a guy in the second round, early second round. So we've 100% pivoted as an organization. We went from a developmental mm-hmm. team to, to, this. to big game hunting. It's exactly what we're doing. A team that's developed, developed, and, and developed a team that provided organic chemistry and got them to a finals. God bless them. But we've changed our philosophies, and that's who it is. Yeah. So you look at a lot of teams. We're not the only team like this out there. The Lakers are like this, right? The, the Every Mavericks, team with superstars like that. Every now. team with superstars. Look yeah. at look, Go and look at their draft picks. They don't have any. It's Brooklyn has all the draft picks. The Pelicans have some. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a plethora of draft picks. So that's just... That's the identity of who the team is. Uh, and AJW, again, great comments by AJW tonight. Yeah, whoever you uh, are. Uh, is this the first time? Yeah, no, just good comments no? tonight. Okay. But AJW's like, at least Ty Lue would use his challenges. So we have to we have to respect that. So, <laughs> you know. We're not going to miss Monty much next year, I don't think. Yeah, what's going to happen in the long run for this team is if it ultimately doesn't work out, they're going to trade off some of those superstars that they're going to bring in for picks, and then you reset. And we'll be back to square it's cyclical. one. It's cyclical. It's going to come yep. back. We be who we be. Anything else on Ty Lue before we go on to the next candidate, Matthew? Nope, he's number one, though. He's I number one. So who's your number two? 
Who's I think your... Nick Nurse. Okay. Nick Nurse is right up there. Um, so I think let's... it's between him and Doc Rivers, but you want to talk about Nick Nurse? Let's, let's talk about Nick Nurse. Okay, so a career regular season winning percentage of 58.2. So again, less than Monty Williams and a little less than Ty Lue. Playoffs 25 and 16, a 61% winning percentage. The 2020 coach of the year, a 2019 NBA champion when Kawhi Leonard came to town and the and Kevin Durant and uh, Clay Thompson got injured. Uh, from Josh Kern from SB Nation's Raptors HQ, following Nick Nurse's separation from the Toronto Raptors, this is what he wrote. In hindsight, it may be that Tampa year. Remember that the the Toronto Raptors played a year in Tampa during post-COVID because yeah. the Can- Canadians wouldn't let anybody come in. In hindsight, it may be that Tampa year was a leading indicator of some gaps in Nurse's coaching toolkit. The ability to bring a team together and push through a difficult situation without fracturing is an important leadership test, one that Nurse failed. But because of the situation, uh, it was dismissed as unimportant because they were in Tampa. The Raptors missing the playoffs two out of the last three seasons, and this season in particular being marred by poor defense, poor defense, which is Nurse's staple, an uncharacteristic low-energy play, plus bouts of selfishness, not to mention the lack of development from the team's young players, there's no argument something wasn't right with this team. And when something isn't right, the coach is usually the first one to go. I'm not sure if it's the right decision, and I guess I won't know until we see how the team does next season and or how Nurse does in a new situation. So hearing that, what are your thoughts on Nick Nurse? Well, I, I think that players might just get sick of coaches long-term, and honestly, like, do a lot of these players want to live in in Canada, they want to live in Toronto. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of factors that go into Toronto's it. Toronto's I mean, supposed to be lit. I know. I know. I just feel They're like really a lot cold. of players want to be in the U.S. I feel like they don't want to live in Toronto. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so that might be from Detroit. Yeah, that might be a factor, man. I think um, I think this coach, um, I think, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Nick Nurse. There we are. I think Nick Nurse is just um, someone that is respected, too. Uh, Kevin Durant's had some comments about him, the adjustments he can make up on Kevin Durant defensively. He well respected. He pointed mm-hmm. that out after that series. And, you know, Nick Nurse can be the guy that can definitely lead this team into something good in the playoffs. But I just think the respect's the biggest thing. The X's and O's thing, I think, is there. It's just weird to pull a guy away from a situation where he won a championship. And of course, they were lucky with the injuries. But then all of a sudden, it's like, no, 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 I don't want this guy because of what? Because why? Because the players didn't really like him this last year. That might be a thing. That was huge for me. I, I everyone kind of knew he was going to get canned. So once he gets canned, I'm like, well, if the players don't like him and it's a bad locker room, it's a bad guy to bring in. But maybe a new situation where these other guys and Kevin Durant, and Booker, who respect him, at least Kevin Durant does, that's going to be all you need. If this guy's X's nose, he can you know plan out defensively how to actually stop a team, which Monty struggled drastically, and Mark Bryant needs to go too. I just think that um. I think yeah, it's a, it's a good, a good it's a good job. second choice next to Doc Rivers if it happens because Tyloo's going to be tough to get. But Nick Nurse, he's he's still a little sexy for me. It's just I know the Suns fans are going to hate it if we get this guy. Yeah, there will be some ups and downs. Obviously, anyone who you hear is a bad locker room fit isn't somebody who you want necessarily to coach your team. But I think what was happening in Toronto was a, it, it was an organization in the middle. They didn't know if they wanted to be buyers. They didn't know if they wanted to be sellers. You had a bunch of assets on that team who didn't know if they were going to be bought or sold and who they ultimately were going to be. Ultimately, they held fast and they held on to their, their, you know, the, the, the Pascal Siakams and uh, all the other guys on the team. 
they held on to them. And when that kind of uncertainty exists, it, it rattles the team. And it's it does, again, say something to Nick Nurse that he can't unrattle them. And we know that from Monty Williams. That's kind of the same situation where he can't unrattle his team when they get rattled. And he sits there and like, that's not who we are. Well, that's kind of who you are. So, so again, I, I like the Nick Nurse. I think it's a, it's a big name. I don't know if it's necessarily the right name because of his ability to coach a locker room. Uh, but that being said, like he did win a championship with Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the weirdest cats out there. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Jamsters? What do Tell you us think? That. Tell us in the chat. Nick Nurse, yay or nay. Uh, another nay. guy, obviously, you know, who everybody is not a fan of, Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, between Atlanta and Milwaukee, where he spent five seasons each, he's a 60% winning percentage in the regular season. 60%. In the playoffs, 53.8. He's a 2015 Coach of the Year. He's a 2019 Coach of the Year. He's a 2021 NBA champion. And from Michael Maurer from Brew Hoops on SB Nation, Mike Budenholzer turned around the trajectory of a team and established a winning culture that valued not just basketball prowess, but human decency as well. Fans foisted undue blame upon him every chance they got. While Coach Bud is not blameless for Milwaukee's most recent playoff disappointment, the idea that everything would be better if the only if only the coach was someone else seems misguided. In any case, the hashtag FireBud Avatar Bears have gotten their wish, and Milwaukee will begin searching for their new head coach to lead the team in 2023-24. To be fair, it wasn't all good under Bud. The Bucks were regular season world beaters, but came crashing down to earth consistently enough in the postseason for Milwaukee's playoff reputation to precede itself. In 2019 against the Toronto Raptors, the Bucks led 2-0 and let the series slip away in the Eastern Conference Finals because the Raptors adjusted and Milwaukee didn't. In 2020, the COVID bubble against the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks got exposed in similar ways and bounced back in the second round despite Giannis Antetokounmpo ankle injury. In 2021, then 2021 happened, for which we are forever grateful. Fuck you. A team with one of the best players in NBA history in his prime has high expectations. The Bucks fell short of those expectations too many times over Coach Bud's tenure. While expectations continue not to be met, the solution is to either lower expectations or change the circumstances. The Bucks are not content to punt on the next few years of Giannis Antetokounmpo's status as a league best talent, so the team and the head coach are now parting ways. I think that kind of says it all when it comes to Coach Bud. He's 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 Monty Williams. We've said it before. Like he's white Monty Williams. He does great in the regular season and just can't get it done. And again, the only time he got it done was against Monty Williams. <laughs> it was against Monty Williams where the guy couldn't make adjustments. I, I mean, you had Giannis go on a tear, but also we, I think we kind of forgot like uh Gambo's he's been saying no to these guys, Budenholzer and also Nick Nurse. I from yeah. what I've heard last. So once that happens, we're not getting these guys. Budenholzer's a guy that should have been fired what two years ago when they won, um, and it didn't happen. Like if, so if, they, yeah, if they didn't win had the against way, the Suns, right? he would have been gone that year. Fact. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, but even like with Kevin Durant, foot on the line, it's always going to be a thing. They they still won because of Giannis, but also Giannis loves him. Players love him, right? Just like a Monty thing. But when it comes down to it, you just see from the outside the the fans are just kind of sick of the guy. It sounds like Monty a lot, and yeah. I. I just think that Boonholzer will be a good fit for a team, maybe up and coming. Someone, some team like I don't know who's out there, like Detroit. I was just gonna say Detroit, perfect team um, for him to go to. But a Suns team that's we need someone that's more proven. Yeah, I know championship. That stuff doesn't matter though, because 
you can say championship, but there's always like the luck. How'd you get there? How'd you do it? Who won it for you? All that it, stuff. All those questions are always It didn't there. matter to Milwaukee, and that's why they can exactly. him, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, you can win coach of the year. You can win a championship. You can take your guys to the playoffs every year. It doesn't matter. because It doesn't matter! Exactly. Fans will pick you apart, and then also players will love you, but it's always up to the fans and the owners, and that's why he's out, just like Monty. And his brother just died. Ah, brutal, Poor guy, huh? you know? Yeah. I mean, during the playoffs, his brother just died. We don't even know if he wants to coach. That sounds like a Celtics thing to do, right? Or Danny Ainge thing to do. Is he, what do you is mean? he the owner? Remember when uh, IT, like, didn't he, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. go off and he, like, lost some family well, he, members he, Like, his sister died. Yeah, and he got and killed he, the and next he, day. He got, like, Danny Ainge is brutal, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. pe- people at work sometimes call me brutal. Like, I have a reputation. Sometimes they call me the Gunslinger Terminator. There, huh? I'm the they call me the Terminator. Like that's a nickname I have. Really? Because like if you don't do your job, I'm gonna get rid of you. Like you show up on if you show up late to work consistently and you don't abide by the rules and regulations. Like I'm a rules and regulation guy. Mm-hmm. If you don't abide by them, then I'm going to hold you accountable to those rules and regulations, and then I'm going to separate from you if you are somebody who does does yeah. d- does just that. Like you know, that's Danny Ainge is like ten times. Like you have to have some empathy, man. Yeah, I just. Bit. I, I just I don't think that Bud's the guy, and I think that no, he's not. He's not. We're wasting guy. our time talking about him. Honestly. What about but, what about Doc Rivers? Doc, that's Rivers, interesting. Did so Gambo get, say no to that or no? I don't know. I haven't. I don't think Gambo. So. I'm I'm too busy working, man. I we had a luau tonight. It was great. The weather came in. Was, luau, you're just firing people. Like not enough pineapple, man. You know I'm allergic <laughs> to pineapple. You're not doing your job. Yeah, out of here. Yeah, out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Back. You're late. You're gone. Uh, Doc Rivers, five seasons in Orlando, nine in Boston, seven with the Clippers, and three in Philly, has a career-winning percentage of 59%. In the playoffs, he's 111 and 104, 51.6. He's 6-10 in elimination games, 17-33 and 33 in closeout games, and blown uh, seven series where his team was either up 3-1 or 3-2 in the playoffs. The 2000 Coach of the Year. 2010 Eastern Conference champions and 20, or I'm sorry, 2008 NBA champs. I'm just not in the Doc Rivers mindset at all. Uh, he would be somebody who, given his coaching resume, could handle the 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 talent on the team. He could handle a Devin Booker and a Kevin Durant for mm-hmm. a time. It seems that every team that has Doc Rivers, the players love him when he first gets there, and they sour on him really quick. And by really quick, it might be a couple seasons, but they sour on him eventually. Maybe that's the best, the better way to say that. But he, they definitely sour on him. And come the postseason, it's the same thing. It's he has Monty Williams itis, where he just gets deer in the headlights. How many times have we seen Doc Rivers in the Worse. playoffs just aimlessly staring into the to the nether realm? Never believe him. Never Ever. believe in that guy. Um, Ever. He's a guy that kind of has a freedom to speak, like um, kind of like a Popovich, where he just says whatever he wants. I know he had, like the Kawhi remarks about. Him and Jordan, like he just says whatever he wants on podcasts, post game yeah. interviews. The game, right? I mean, the interview right after the game, game seven, they lost to the Raptors, calls out Ben Simmons, like right away, right? That's mm-hmm. what basically started Ben Simmons just unfolding, oh, becoming yeah. a yep. wuss of a man to everybody. Like everyone's just like, what's wrong with this guy? Doc Rivers started it. Um, so you don't want that with DeAndre Aiden, definitely, if we're going to keep DeAndre Aiden. But, you know, Chris Paul, him, played three years in uh, Clipper land. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what what was the what was their nickname over there? 
the not the oop boys <laughs> oh no 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 uh, it was uh lob city lob, lob city, city. yeah that's right that's yeah right. so three years never got anywhere never got to the western conference finals failed it's just endless times but then it's like well is it the guys he's he has is playing for him is it chris paul is it james harden those kind of guys that can't come through into big moments it's like maybe if he had a booker or kevin durant but it's like wait booker is the guy that now might be the one that can't show up in big moments that can't show up for game seven or game six Closeout games, just as COVID or something. You know what I mean? There's always excuses. Now, going into next year, Booker has to prove himself not to be that guy. So I'm like, maybe Booker could be like the the Kevin Garnett that kind of put you know the Celtics in that Doc Rivers-led team to win a championship over the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But Booker has his own issues right now to deal with. Um, I just I don't want this coach because there's a lot of insecurities uh, from him, the, the locker room. I think the players still like the guy. I just think that from the media, from the fans, it can get tiring. It can get sick and he can get sick and tired pretty quick if you're not winning. And in the first year you're out, it's like, what's he going to say? He's going to call this team out. Yeah. It's just, you what, don't want what drama. What drama is Doc going to bring? Exactly. Yeah. You don't want right. That. It's drama rivers. And just like his piece of shit son, I don't want any rivers around this organization. Forgot about that guy. Oh, I never will. Fuck you, Austin Rivers. Uh, another name out there. I, I, not a lot of people are talking about. Well, I'll, I'll I'll ask this question before before I go into my like a, a couple more guys. JJ Redick, yay or nay? I say, I say yay. Ye. Yeah, I say nay. I love JJ Redick. I really do. Um, he's tied to the Raptors pretty heavily. He'd be like more of a younger team, right? Or maybe a team in the middle, like the Raptors. You said so. Yeah, I just. You know, he, he has some great analysis. He's he's well-spoken. Old man of the three. Very, great, very attractive. The most attractive dude you've ever seen in your life. M- m- most attractive uh, coaching candidate out there. We know it. Okay? It's it's J.J. Redick, dude. The guy's been hot since Duke, right? It's been like he was like the Brad Harder Pitt of basketball. God. Yes. Yes. And I just – but again, I'm just – I'm not somebody who is uh, necessarily a fan. <laughs> AJW, that jawline. J.J.'s jawline. Money. JJ would smack the shit out of Aiden. You know he what? Would, I could but see, like that's I not necessarily that. a good thing, though. No, right? it's like, not. You don't want a physical fine. Look at the well, yeah, but I'm like, even even metaphorically, like if you know, I just I think that an, an emotional guy. Uh, I just I I'm not I'm not a, I love JJ Reddick. I I don't want him as a member of the Phoenix Suns organization. Come on in as an assistant. That'd be fucking fantastic. Not a head yeah. coach. Um, Frank Vogel. No one's really talking about Frank Vogel. But Frank Vogel obviously hasn't didn't coach this past season. The the Los Angeles Lakers let him go. Darvin Ham, who's another one of those like not a lot of coaching guys, but when you have a couple superstars, you can plug in one of those young guys, and he could kind of work around the guys who are not the superstars and help perfect them and guide the vision of LeBron. But he coached six seasons with Indiana, two seasons with Orlando, three seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, won the bubble championship in his first season with them. A career-winning percentage of 52.6%, and he's 49-39 and in the playoffs, a 55%. Vogel, thoughts? Interesting. Yeah, that's a a name there, right? I mean, the (laughs) the face, though. What are your thoughts? Well, that's a name. That's a name you forget, guys. Right? Not yeah, as hot as JJ Redick. Definitely not. No, the face though is kind of just kind of lost, lost his marbles. I don't know. It's kind of just not. It's not a threatening look he has as a coach. It's kind of just like shit. What's wrong? He looks like Joe. And you're gonna Gatto hate from uh, <laughs> from uh, Practical Jokers. Doesn't he look like him? Um, I okay. So Frank kind Vogel, of. He does look like Joe Gatto. 
He does. He looks just like him. Frank Vogel wins the championship. Doesn't matter. All right. It's a bubble championship. It doesn't matter. I, the way that you want to approach this as a Suns is you want a guy that's not going to be a joke. To me, I thought he was always just kind of a joke. I think a lot of these coaches are. They're just thrown out there as jokes. I mean, that's pretty disrespectful because you won a championship. Uh, a lot of winning seasons are the three winning seasons with the Lakers. But mm-hmm. I just, the whole thing, though, is just how does it look? Do these players respect him? That's a big thing, and I just don't know if they do. I don't know if that's a guy that you really want coaching the Suns. I automatically just say no just by his face. Yeah. He'd be like, Larry! Larry! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting proposition. I feel like if the Suns were to show up late to the head coaching party, like I mentioned at the front end of the podcast, where they're they're the guys who show up late with the six-pack at 2 in the morning, Vogel would be the guy that they'd be like trying to, you know, lay down to bed, if you will, because they yeah. were late to all the other the other good hirings. If you go Doc Rivers or Frank Vogel, who would you take? Oh my, why do you ask me that stuff? How am I supposed to take because the answer is easy? It's I'm Frank Vogel. It over Twitter. I don't even know what to say. I don't want Doc. Like, I would have Frank Vogel over Doc, in my opinion. I would, because like you said, the drama piece. Frank Vogel can focus again. He he coached LeBron, he coached AD. He can work on the fringes. Like, go go with that guy versus the guy who DeAndre Ayton has a shitty game. He's like, that DeAndre, fuck him. You're like, whoa, dude. Like, we all know it, but, like, that's not productive. Yeah, I, I guess I can go Vogel over him. That's just tough. It's like... Well, if you talk about a guy... If, if you talk about a guy who has an even grumpier, shittier face than Frank Vogel, what about a guy... Named Steven Silas. Head coach, formerly, of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Who just stood on the sideline, just always with his arms crossed. He had a hard time with that team, dude. He did. He has a, in three seasons. Now, granted, Steven Silas was an assistant coach going all the way back to the year 2000, right? I mean, he's he's with the the Charlotte Hornets in, in the year 2000. He goes on to Cleveland in 2003. Uh, 2006, he's with Golden State. 2010, he's back in Charlotte. 2000, uh, and then he goes back to Golden State mid-year. He's back with Charlotte again in 2011. It's like he can't quit the Hornets. He goes to Dallas in 2018. He's there for a couple seasons. The Fe- the I'm sorry, the Phoenix Suns. The Houston Rockets hire him as the head coach in 2020. And again, son of Paul Silas, former Phoenix Suns great Paul Silas. In, in his three years in Houston, we know what they are. He's a career-winning percentage as a head coach of 25%. He finished 19 games under 500, 21 games under 500, and 19 games under 500. So, yeah, would you but take Stephen Silas over J.J. Redick? I would never even think of Stephen Silas. The only thing I is... Threw um, it on my list. Yeah, the only thing is the young team in Houston, those guys just wanted to be number one. That's, that's Every, every one of them. Very emotional team. locker room. Um, I feel like I've I've heard things of just like him having a hard time emotionally with that team, like even breaking down crying because he couldn't handle it. like kind of like a substitute teacher, you know, that just ends up crying because the fourth mm-hmm. graders are the worst human beings in the world, and they will make your life a living hell. That's what it reminded me of. Um, but I have no idea how he would do with a veteran led team with superstars like the Suns. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. He would. He would not know <laughs> I what to do. don't think that's a good idea. AJW. What about Scott Brooks? Scott Brooks is a name that I feel like we used to talk about 
kind of with regularity back in, <laughs> yeah. in you know in, in in the Russian roulette of coaches during the mid 2000s and tens. Uh, but Scott Brooks has a career winning percentage of fifty five point seven percent. He's five hundred in the playoffs, forty nine and forty eight. He was a part of the, the he was the the guy who took the Kevin Durant led Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder to the NBA Finals back in two thousand twelve. Scott Brooks was a hot name for quite some time. You go back and you look at some of the seasons that he had, and he was in Oklahoma City. Then he went to Washington, and we know like you go to Washington to die. And then he currently. He is a, an assistant coach with the Portland Trailblazers. He's a 2010 Coach of the Year. Scott Brooks, thoughts on him? No. Too late. Not, too late. Passes time. Yeah, he was hot, like he, he said. But prime. yeah, he he was, and I think it was a hot name. And the only thing you can consider is like if Kevin Durant has interest because they did play coach together, maybe that's something that's would interest him. But I don't think that's a name, dude. Sorry, I think James Harden. I, I wish comes I had here. more to be like. Yeah, I'm excited about James. These names, James Harden old, comes here. So does Russell Brooks Westbrook, now. and Scott Brooks comes back, and they run it back like it's 2012. And we're fucking old, just like all, <laughs> just like every year. We're they're gonna out, be so goddamn old. Like they're can't out wait. there with their walkers. We're be so old, man. And then obviously the last candidate I want to talk about is Kevin Young, current mm-hmm. current assistant coach with the Phoenix Suns. He's somebody who is as sports illustrated says it's a logical role for a young coach who excels in both listening and communicating he served as the head coach in the g league for six seasons which gave him a foundation as an organizer and a big picture thinker he has earned the respect of the players with his work ethic and candor he was a finalist for the washington job last spring where his sharpness impressed so to be truthful the way that i would navigate this as a fan from a what the fuck do i want standpoint is I want Ty Lu, and then I think if you don't get Ty Lu, before we go nurse, before we go bud, yep. before yep. like Kevin Young's my it's number two guy. That's who I think it is. He has the trust of the players. Now, granted, like the players we put in quotes because we don't know what the fuck this roster is going to look like next next year, Matthew. There's so much. This offseason is going to be very interesting and exciting for Suns fans yeah. as they try to put this all together. But knowing that he's coached Kevin or, or, or uh, he's been a, a constant, if you will, in the career of uh of Devin Booker for the past few years right again he kind of followed Monty he was with Philadelphia for some time uh and as an assistant coach you know he's somebody who as he as he's been coaching different G League organizations and being their head coach he has that experience he has that candor he has you mentioned the front of this podcast he's an X and O's guy and I feel like he could be with that fucking dope beard by the way you see his fat beard I fucking love Kevin he has a great look his look to be a head coach that's it he does. Yeah. He has that he confident does. look. He just has a look. We went through a lot of coaches, and we were just like, I was, well, that's the way I do it. The whole body language, the look, like, oh, that guy looks pretty dumb. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, no more dumb dudes that are old. Coach that are Bud their looks life dumb. Away. I just want some young dude that is, he has a respect. There's a video of him and Kevin Durant talking during a timeout. Yeah. That means everything, right? I mean, that's, yep. that's huge. You want those two guys talking, but no, book to say scouting, knowing other teams. He, this guy knows basketball. He does. And I think if it's not Ty Lue, I'm very excited if they get this guy to, to be the next head coach. I, I really do. We agree. Yeah, I, like I, I just, there's a feeling about it. Um, And I know you're just like, well, he hasn't coached yet, but still, he's been in the system okay. for a while. He's but been, you just need, you need that And other he's guy. been with this system, and I like who he, he is. I like how he coaches. Dude. He might he be, the, be next the next dude. dude. Why can't we just get the next guy instead of having these other guys that have failed, that have won championships, but that have failed and failed and failed? Why do you want those guys? 
so much instead of just getting another guy his, his chance. And I'm all about the player's game. I don't think coaches is huge. Adjustments is huge, but it's up to the dudes that we have next year, which is going to be a solid team. I feel like to get things done. So it's up to those guys. It's up to Katie and Booker. Gabo in the chat. What about Sam Cassell? Sam Cassell is currently an assistant coach with the Philadelphia 76ers. thoughts no me too and i'll tell you why because i'm a suns fan all right gabo i'm a suns fan break it down good bad, or indifferent there's one thing that i i just can't stand sam cassell did you say aliens there's alien Ed. yeah he looks like an alien uh that's not even why though but like yeah i'm, I'm not a big fan of sam cassell's alien a, a, alienness i think that's a word Sam Cassell, again, as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Suns fan. Sam Cassell, if you go all the way back to like 1994, Phoenix Suns, right? Sam Cassell, I believe he was a rookie that year. And the Phoenix Suns lost in game seven to the Houston Rockets. And if memory serves me correctly, Sam Cassell, as a rookie from Florida State, came off the bench, scored like 22 points that game. And he broke my heart. He was part of that Houston Rockets team that 94 and 95 broke my heart. And I will never let it go. And I know that there's some of you out there, and I've, I've gone back and forth to some of you on Twitter. You're like, dude, why do you still hate the Spurs, man? Like, that roster hasn't done shit to you in forever. Because I have scars. And our scars remind us that the past, the past is, is real. real. I'll never forget Sam Cassell. Tearing our heart open. Tearing our hearts open back in 94. 22 points he had in that game seven. He was eight of 12 from the field, two of three from beyond the arc. He had seven assists off the bench. He fucking killed us. We lost by 10. I'll never let it go. I'll never. I remember when we got Sam Cassell and he played for the Suns, right? How long did he play for the Suns? Like a fucking heartbeat, right? I, I was he part of that? Uh, He's part of that Robert Ori trade that we brought him here and then we like instantly traded yeah. them. Yeah. He played a total of 22 games in Phoenix and I fucking hated every one of them. Like there's certain players when they come to the team, like if Dylan Brooks was to become a son, I'll fucking hate every game that he plays this offseason. It's a it's fact. Happen. It's, I, a lot of people are saying it's you know, a possibility. It is. He's going to be in the NBA. He just needs to chill out a little bit. You know what? And Gabo, look what you did. You opened up all those wounds. That's now scars. John needs to go heal himself. In a hot I, need bath. Another, I need another Moscow mule, a cold Moscow mule. Fuck a hot bath or a hot shower. I need a cold Moscow mule. So on that note, Jamsters, I think that's, that's it for this podcast. Again, we're going to come to you live again sometime next week, probably early next week, I'm guessing, Matthew, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. maybe. And yeah. we'll talk yeah. about the CBA and what it means to the roster and how that affects the Phoenix Suns. I think that could be a good topic. Uh, another thing that I want to talk about next week, per, per, uh, perhaps, is just looking at the current member of the rosters and just going thumbs up, thumbs down. They're going to be here. They're going to not. So that'll Let's probably do it. Be on that. It's probably on the same podcast. So we have plenty of content coming for you, Jamsters. Again, everyone who's watching live or listening or watching at a later time, we truly appreciate you hanging out with the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lucy. And, of course, you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com where I break up down a lot of this stuff, and then I just literally read it back to you on the podcast. Like it's, I'm just reading my articles. I'm like, and then I'm yeah, reading your articles too. Well, that's how I do it, you know. It's but this inspires my articles. My articles inspire this. It's called creativity. Sounds creativity. That's what I'm going for. So 
Again, we'll be going live next week. If you are on the YouTube, make sure you turn on those notifications to let you know when we go live. A lot of you came out tonight because you have those notifications on. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Tell your friends. We're so close to 3K. I just want to tell people that. But, yeah, the, the YouTube's if got If the Suns would have won a championship, we would have had 3K. Easily, right? Yeah, but yeah, but those are difficult. We're gonna those aren't so the real MVPs, though. Season. Those aren't the real people, though. Those are the those are the fair weather people, and we love every one of them. But you're the if you're watching or listening right now, like you're a true Suns fan, yeah. you give a shit. Yeah, and go give on Spotify, shit. get that back to the five stars. That four point nine is driving me nuts. We're, we're whoever... four point nine on Apple Podcasts too. There's one person who hates us on both. Yeah, we're they sorry just lowered for that. It. It's probably one of those people who beat off eight in every night. There's like, Ugh. yeah, I know, we know who it is, but get it back up to five. All right, come on, guys, Let's get, get point, up to right? five. I'm gonna go get a Moscow Mule. We'll be coming to you live next week. Another thing that we'll probably do is some our thoughts because I do want to talk about what's going on in the NBA. But we'll get there. Love to. So, until then, here. we'll see you next week, Jamsters. Yeah, go home and shower your family with Moscow Mule. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.